Welcome back to the Corey Lee Show, y'all. We've got a great episode today. I, I hope you are ready to get your positivity on today, right? I, I, this is going to be a great uh, conversation, great episode. Excited to introduce to you guys our podcast guest today. His name is Aaron Markham. And Aaron, welcome to the Corey Lee Show. So happy to be here. I'm excited to have some some good positive conversations, right, about well-being and entrepreneurs and any way we can serve. So appreciate it. Yeah. Well, Aaron, uh, I'll tell you guys a little bit about Aaron. Aaron, he's founded and scaled several multi-million dollar businesses. And, you know, uh, as you many of you guys who are listening, your business owners, your entrepreneurs, you know what it's like. There's an excitement, but there's also it seems to be like a roller coaster that we entrepreneurs go on. And uh, sometimes it can lead to burnout. And I, th I think Aaron knows a little something about that. And he's got to that point. Um, but now he's developed, uh, he's got a book that he's coming out with. He's also done some study into positive psychology. I would say he's probably a master at that. We're going to unpack that here in just a bit. But one of the things that he, he talks about is helping entrepreneurs achieve happy, satisfying and meaningful lives. And um, Aaron, so that's kind of what you're doing right now. But take us on a journey. Like, how did you get to where you are now? Yeah, I appreciate that. So, yeah, it's been a journey. It's been 21 years since I started my first venture. And it was in the home care space. I started a home care agency taking care of the elderly. And I was I was five years into the corporate world, the corporate scene. I didn't like um some of the dishonesty, uh, if, if this will age me a little bit, right, is that I worked for WorldCom at the time, and Bernie Evers, he's like the Enron back then, was that there was a lot of dishonesty going on in that company, and he ended up going to prison, and I was working for WorldCom at that very time, and I was just ready to be done, and, and found that I really had a knack for working with seniors, with the elderly, and I had a, a you know, I, I had a real interest in it. I'm very careful now as I study positive psychology to use, I wasn't necessarily out of the gate passionate about it, but I was really interested. And I'll talk more about what I mean by that. But I, um, I jumped in, I started a home care agency with no home care background, no real business background, a sales, real strong sales background and, and leadership background at the time, but, uh, but not, not any kind of home care and, and just had to learn it. And so I remember, I remember coming home, I had three kids and then, I mean, I have six kids right now, but I had three or four kids at the time and I would come home, I would eat dinner and then I would go back to the office for like till 2 a.m., you know, often many nights. And I had this, you know, in positive psychology, we call it um, obsessive uh, optimism, like, you know, or I was obsessively passionate, really, that's the proper term I was just super passionate to where I thought okay if I just put it all in on my professional side and I just make this successful my personal side will catch up with it you know and then that's kind of was part of the journey and and, uh, and so I grew I mean you can grow a company that way right you can be successful I ended up being you know one of the top uh, if not the top home care provider in the state and in the region even, and through it, we sold it to a public company a few years later. Uh, halfway through that journey, I had an idea for my second company, which uh, in the home care space, the lack of data and information was prevalent. It was a fragmented industry, and I wanted to help 
solve that problem. And so when I sold my my home care agency, actually, I had both companies for about a year and a half overlap. I started a data analytics company, like think of JD Powers for home care, right? And, and uh, launched that. And you think from all the grinding and all the, you know, the late nights and all the things I was doing in my home care agency that I had learned my lesson. I really hadn't. I was still doing too much, doing it all. And I, I, I share this in the book and I share, you know, this is a, a real pivotal moment in my entrepreneurial journey is that I had created in when I had my home care agency, I created what I now call my guiding truths. They're really the same. I haven't changed them since, you know, they've been with me for about 15, 16 years, something like that. And yet through most of my home care journey, I had them, but I wasn't living to them to the fullest, right? And I think towards that end, I was starting to figure things out, but then I started it all over again. I started the grind. And I was trying to meet an important deadline when I had the the, the data analytics benchmarking company, performance benchmarking company for home care agencies. And I was sleeping under my desk trying to hit the deadline, exhausted. First time I'd ever tried five-hour energy shots, you know, those things. I was just like burning the candle at both ends. And I started just bawling. I was I was just emotional. I was a wreck. I wanted to call the trade association who had asked me to do this project, um, this big benchmarking study, um, that I just couldn't do it. And uh, so I was that close to just just giving it all up. And I was doing it for branding. I was doing it to grow my company. And I remember looking at my guiding trees. I actually had them on my wall and it reminded me of what was truly important. Um, you know, my guiding truth, uh, my mind is at peace. My life is filled with abundance. My eighth guiding truth is my heart belongs to Christ, you know, and my family receives of my time is one of the key core guiding truths. And uh, that was the one that kicked me that night is like, I am not, I, what am I doing? Why am I, what am I in this for? If I can't serve my family. And, and so I got myself up, hit the deadline, helped me push through it, remind me what I was doing and why I was doing it. And I've had moments like that throughout this journey, you know, and, and 2015, 2016, a few years later, I hit another uh, kind of ceiling and was reminded and that that of all the turning points that was the, the year 2016 i got into biking i started pursuing other passions outside of work realizing that i was obsessively passionate about my work too much and all this other side was suffering um in the book i call it the lie of the either or as entrepreneurs we feel like we have to either thrive professionally or thrive personally and we can't do both and that's a lie and as an entrepreneur, we typically choose the professional side, thinking the personal side will eventually find its way. Um, but anyway, fast forward, you know, in 2016 is when kind of the hockey stick growth of the company is when I started investing in my personal flourishing. And, and that's really where things started evolving. And then, you know, fast forward, I, I exited that company in 2020. And I just have been on this journey ever since. I read this book. Um, my first kind of curiosity was piqued on positive psychology, The Happiness Advantage by Sean Acor. 
Yeah, uh, I believe that was in 2017 that I, I, I found that book. And then I just kind of started really looking at this field and fascinated by how it applied to entrepreneurs. And then I, I ended up exiting and then going through, I, I applied to the number one master program in the world in positive psychology at UPenn, Master of Applied Positive Psychology, found, founded by the father of positive psychology, Martin Seligman. Yeah, he wrote the book Flourish, and he's been a mentor of mine, a professor of mine as well, and uh, he's a mentor to many um, alumni from that that uh, that wonderful program, and that has helped me personally flourish, and also really figure out okay the science of well being. This is where it's come full circle for me: is that positive psychology is not the science of how to be happy necessarily; it's the science behind how we flourish regardless of circumstances. And I guess in, in a way, how to be happy regardless of circumstance, but it goes beyond happiness. And we, we talk a lot about the good life. That's an Aristotle term and uh, just how we can be more, live a more virtuous life. And that's where this book, Entre Thrive, that's coming out in January, I really focus on these eight core laws that uh, that help entrepreneurs thrive. You know, I try to act like a guide in the book because I have been in their shoes. I understand what that feels like. And uh, and anyway, that's that's the journey, Corey. Hopefully, uh, hopefully that makes sense. But that's kind of where I got to where I'm at in positive psychology. Man, I, lo I love that. And I love your your story right there. It takes me back because what I what I heard you say is you super successful, if you will, in the business world, the business is thriving, but a lot of the other areas of life are not. And it, it reminded me of our, our business in a five-year period of time, we built two physical therapy clinics, four gyms, had three kids, all that fun oh, stuff. Wow. Yeah. And I love, you know, I love the business, man. I love doing it. I absolutely did. But what hit me, and it kind of goes into your story there is, um, Man, I, I was there from five in the morning to like eight o'clock at night. And uh, one afternoon, I was telling our oldest son at the time, good night at 430 in the afternoon. He looked up at me and he said, Daddy, Daddy, you going to your house? And it hit me that that I needed to change. And that was my turning point. And what, what I what I heard you say was you had these these values, these guiding principles that you had and you, you knew them, but you weren't living them out. And I was doing the same exactly. thing. Uh, yeah. I said, family number one. Words, words on a wall, right? They, they, they weren't, weren't meaningful. It was a fun exercise at the time when I put them together, but uh, I didn't wasn't living in them or leaning in into them. And, and now I do. And you know what's interesting, Corey? I have not changed them. They still, they were true back then. They're true now. I just needed to live and lean them. I've had the same eight guiding truths for. 16, something like 16 years. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I, love, I love how you unpack the positive psychology uh, there as well. And you talked about living the good life. And I, I want to ask you like, some maybe somebody's stuck in that a cycle where it talks about, all right, Corey, Aaron, you don't know my situation. All right. You don't know the circumstances okay. I'm in. What would you say to that person? Maybe the very first thing to kind of shift perspective or any, any kind of advice for that person is like, maybe bad things are going on or, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's easy to look at, you know, one of the, 
the thing, I mean, I'm sure you've experienced this too. When someone comes up to you and say, wow, your company was an overnight success. Like that just like took off. And I'm looking at it and go, no, it's been, it's taken me 12 years to build this baby. And, and you're just seeing the fruits now. And they don't realize all the journey to, you know, to get there. And, and entrepreneurs, but, you know, financial stress is a real thing, right? Is That's probably one of the most common running out, out of cash. I remember being, you know, this was, this was in 2015, we were growing, but we were running out of cash because we were not keeping up with, with the growth, you know, and I was, I was worried of, of making payroll, even though we were a growing company, had the revenue, you know, I'm being totally vulnerable. I don't know if I've ever shared this before publicly, but, but we, we were there and I, um, I, re, you know, prayerful, right. I had to, you know, there's other, there's, there's things you have to kind of like decide, Hey, I just have to, we have to figure this out. And with God, I can figure this out, you know? And so through prayer, you know, kind of a crazy story, I actually do share that part of the experience is that, is that we're like, how are we going to, you know, we need an investor. We need, we need to figure this out somehow. And I had a good buddy of mine that hadn't even considered, you know, that, uh, that pulled me inside and said, Hey, I've got this Apple stock I need to sell. And I, I love what you're doing over here. And, and uh, you know, literally a week after my, you know, we were in this dire situation. And so I think, uh, you know, going back to your point is that, and I think the book will resonate with people in that sense is that, is that I, I'm really vulnerable in the fact that as an entrepreneur, unless you've got family money or you've got, you know, something, some, you know, you have endless funds. It's a lot of it's bootstrapping. A lot of it's like the grind and, and, and the challenges. And we can't underestimate what financial stress does to us. It also, you know, creates um, poor decisions sometimes, right? When we're, when we're that stressed, but too much of it also just amplifies the, the, the poor decisions too. So, you know, we can get, that's a whole other podcast, but I, um, I think that it's really important that, that as entrepreneurs, that we kind of get out of that mode of just focusing solely getting so obsessed with success and the business. Like my motivation early on as an entrepreneur is that I wanted to prove to everybody that I could do it. Right. It was all this external motivation. And I wanted to show, you know, and, and that can only get you so far. And by doing that, you neglect your health, your wellness, your spirituality, your so many things get neglected in that process. And what I the message I want to share with entrepreneurs is that <clears throat> sometimes we have to take a step back, go slow to go fast, and say, wait a second, you know, I've got to, I've got to take care of the the golden goose i've got to take care of myself and we hear this but so many entrepreneurs are they're so so one-sided to this professional side of making their business successful especially early on but i've i work with entrepreneurs i have a coaching practice as well i work with entrepreneurs that are super successful like wealthy multi multi-million dollars they're still grinding it out like they're still like they have they have the money to live the life they want to live, but they're still not getting it, you know. And the good life 
and I'm kind of going on on this one, but the good life is a mindset. And maybe we can go more into that, but, but it doesn't matter how much money you have or how little you have. It's still a mindset. Yeah. And I, and I, I started getting that back in 2016 when I started pursuing some passions like biking and so forth outside of my professional life. Yeah. Let, so, let me ask you Aaron, on that real yeah. quick. Like, how did that help you for you personally? How did that help you in actually your career? Like you, you talk about uh, going out and doing cycling, doing something different, because what, what's easy to what's easy to say right here is like, well, hold on a second. Shouldn't you be doing more in the business to make yeah. the business better? But you're doing something outside of the business. Like, yeah, yeah. I'd love to hear that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, to get where we want to go and to scale our companies, we got to let go of the idea that we're that we've got to do it all, or that we've got that that the company needs us. That's partly an ego thing, in my opinion. Right? Is that we get we get wrapped up in that we've got to make sure everything is done right, and so we've got to let go, and um, that takes faith. You know, I talk about three kind of runs of faith. In the book, the first is faith in ourselves. That's when we start the business, right? We've got to believe that we can figure these things out and that we can, we, you know, sometimes because of financial restraints, we've got to, we've got to do that. I always believe there's a way out though, where you can get the right people, even with financial constraints, there's creative ways of doing that. But, um, but the second one is, is faith in others. And I believe trust is given like my strategic assistant right now, because of my confidence and my ability to hire the right person is that I give her, I gave her my passwords the first week. Like she had all access, you know, to my life. And that is, you know, and she has done a phenomenal sense. So because she felt my trust anyway, that's, that's really important. And the third is facing in a higher power, facing God that will never be enough. We'll never, never be able to, to do things perfectly. We need, we need someone to help us do the impossible sometimes. And that's, I believe God, higher power transcendent, whatever terms you might use, but um, that's really important. But, uh, but I think as you progress as an entrepreneur, that you've got to just, you know, let go and say, okay, I, and back in 2016, to do biking and to give you a little perspective. So I ordered my bike in April of 2016, road bike. Never, like, certainly ridden a bike before, but as a kid, right? Never really much as an adult, as an adult. but I needed a low impact sport. So I'm gonna do biking. My brother-in-law is really big into biking. And so I, I ordered my bike. The same day I signed up for a 200 mile bike race, Five months later. Oh, that's all in right there. That, that, that's an entrepreneur right there. Right? That's how you, how you got <laughs> like, let's go. You know, and I finished it, which is crazy. That's a whole crazy story. I share some of that in the book, but but just to emphasize the point that that to train for that, that's like, I mean, you have to build up, but those are long train rides. And sometimes I had to do those. I sometimes had to come into the office at 10 o'clock, depending on when you had to kind of adjust it. And so we, to, sometimes when we step outside of our businesses and we take some other interests on, it forces us to figure things out to get the right people in place to, so that we can pursue those things. And I, that was also the year I implemented EOS in my business, entrepreneurial operating system. So I was focusing on getting the right framework for the business so it would grow. 
so that I could get the right who's in my business. And, and again, that hockey stick growth really took place there. We really started seeing some exponential growth where our cash was really catching up with our, our revenues as well. And we were starting to, to really, really sail on. And I really believe, Corey, that because I decided to invest in my personal flourishing, not just with my health, but there were other things I started kind of, I was reading more. I was just going more all in on the, on the personal flourishing side and educating myself more and being more present with my team and my family in such a way, in an intentional way, where it forced me again to put processes in place, put people in place so that company could be what Dan Sullivan with Strategic Coach calls a self-managed company. And grew that eventually becoming a self-multiplying company, which is even the next level, very scalable, where it wasn't dependent on me at all. And um, and so that's there's power behind that. And man, I think that's the that's the magic. That's like the the, the spot, the sweet spot of flourishing when you can have that kind of, man, of self-managed plus self-multiplying company. That's just that's not. That's not so dependent on you. Realizing that even even with my, with Entrisrive, you know we're in the you know fairly early stages of that of that business, and it requires more of me. But I have to be present with my family when I'm with my family. You know, understanding you've got to you know. But out of the gate, I've got the you know you and I before this recording we talked about the right who's, and I've already got that in place. Yeah. Um, so I can scale a lot faster yeah. um, with this business. Yeah. You know what I heard you say right there when you talked about the biking, getting out, it, it forced you to get creative. One it was taking care of your health, but it forced you to get creative. It, it caused you to put a how in front of the can I, how can I triggers that creative use of our imagination. Yeah. It can. And one thing you said that I really love too, you said that, Faith in the three levels, faith in yourself, got to believe in yourself uh, that you can do it. Faith in other people and then faith in God. That piece of faith in other people, when you said that, it reminded me, you know, I like people. I love people, but I had a hard time trusting people up front. And and, yeah. I, and, and man, it's a powerful thing when you extend trust. I like what you said on week one, you give out the give out the trust. And I was just thinking. What? How amazing would it be if we started out with trust instead of no trust and you have to prove it? How about we started out at trust and maybe you disproved it or whatever, right? But but starting out yeah. at trust, like what kind of business or relationship would it be if we started out at that, right? And so anyway, I love to recommend books, Trust and Inspire, Stephen okay. M. R. Covey. So Stephen Covey's son wrote that and uh, he talks about how trust is given that the best trust is given like we we get we've been so taught that trust is earned but if we wait people to wait for people to earn our trust we may never give it we may never step out and that and that's where I, where faith is required like faith is to like put your put your action or put your your you know to move forward when you don't have all the answers you don't have all the pieces and one thing I tell people when it comes to, um, you know, and EOS has this term, right people, right seeds. Jim Collins coined that term in his book, Good to Great. 
So if you're really good in your hiring and getting the right people in your business, then, and you trust that process and you have faith in that process, then you should be able to give that trust right out of the gate. You know, I think that's really key. If you have some real bad hiring practices and you're just like taking anyone off the street, then that's on you, right? That, that, you know, you, you, got an issue. you have to, yeah, you got an issue and, and in, in the home care space. So I still have, I'm still involved in a wonderful home care agency in North Carolina as a, as a partner at, uh, in, in Raleigh at a wonderful partner there, Jen. And, you know, we can get into this kind of panic mode in our businesses and, and that happens in the home care space. Like we've got to take care of this, this senior who needs this elderly person who needs care in the home. So we hire a, a, a care professional that right off the street so we can fill this need. And it's this like it's that staples panic button, right? We just are panicking all the time. Um, and that's not healthy. We'll lose that person in two weeks anyway. And, and, and then we're, we're giving trust to someone that we just hired off the street by give, like having them take care of this client. That's one example, but that happens in every industry where it's best to, to turn down business and, and then hire the wrong person. Um, and, uh, and so once you get that dialed in and you've got really strong hiring practices, you know, Dave Ramsey talks about he has certain steps in his entrepreneurship book that's kind of a timeless book that he goes through some of those and we've used some of those steps um, to make sure we're getting the right people. Core value fit is super important um, to make sure you've got that dialed in. And once you do, just give your trust, have faith, right? And and by giving that faith, my nice strategic assistant, Megan's already exceptional, but I do believe that by giving that right out of the gate, that her confidence was elevated. Like, wow, he's just, you know, it did blow her away a little bit. Yeah. And, um, but talk about building her own well-being and helping her kind of lean into something that she was already more than capable of doing. And I've seen, you know, it was, and it's a great relationship that way with your team members. Yeah, that's powerful. I, I love that. Uh, that's really good. I, I want to, I wanna, this is kind of outside of business a little bit, but yeah. I knew you and I were going to be talking and I was, you know, know a little bit of your background, had an interesting conversation with some of our men's group this morning. And I just a, just a scenario and where I'm going with this, I would love your thoughts on breaking out of these cycles that we these negative thought patterns, right, that we that we can get into. My friend, um, he was giving this example. Um, he's like, you know, maybe I'm sitting on the couch and my wife is sitting beside me. And she got the dog in her lap and she's petting the dog. She's talking to the dog, you know, and the dog's getting all of the attention. And I look over at her and I was like, you know, I would like some attention, right? Like we got these needs and these desires and the dog's yeah. getting more attention than I am. And, and he, what he was saying was, is I can look over there and then I can start building up this case against my wife. And, and my mind starts going through these cycles. And before long, I'm a little bit upset at my wife and holding holding the fence and she don't even know about it. She's petting the dog. Right. And, and yeah, yeah. talked about how he broke out of that. And it, I would just love some of your thoughts uh, from an expert on how do we, how do we break out of some of those kind of things? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. So there's, um, there's different, like, like perhaps approaches, but the simplified 
version of, of what we talk about in positive psychology. And I'm sure you're familiar with some of this is this kind of reframing our emotions, like understanding, you know, what's the emotion I'm feeling, identifying that emotion. And then what story are we telling ourselves? And I call it the narrative, right? And and uh, there's an acronym. Um, it's called, uh, it's one I used in the book called energy. And but the, the, the last letter is E, not Y. And, uh, and, you know, the first, the first one is, is the emotions, right? Is what, what's the, the, what's the, what's the emotions that I'm feeling about this, you know? And then the N is the narrative. What are we telling ourselves? You know, um, I'm sorry, the first one, let me take a step back energy the first one's event like what's the event the experience we're currently having the end is the narrative the story we're telling ourselves and and the difference between a story and a narrative is that the story is actually is what what's happened that's the story but the narrative is what we're actually our interpretation of that story and so how are we interpreting? If you think about like past experiences and how we're framing it, like our well-being, and this is where, when I talk about the good life mindset, I'm talking about a lot of times the way we frame, the way we we um, we look at our past and how we, we, um, how we learn from it. You know, a failure is only a failure if we, you know, if we don't, if we don't learn from it. And so in the example, if you have your wife's giving more attention to the dog, right, is that that's the event, you know, and then and then what story are we telling her? So he's telling himself the story like she doesn't love me. You know, she she's she's got this, you know, um, you know, she doesn't want to talk to me. There's no, she loves her dog more, whatever that, that, that narrative is. And it's a negative one. And then that's the emotions, right? What are the, what emotions do you want from that? You know, and you have to, in the narrative part, you have to retell your story to say, okay, what, what is it that I, um, that I really want to, uh, um, to be true? Or what it, you know, and so reframing that to say, you know what, she's right now she's thinking and she's not even thinking about whether, you know, she's watching a show or whatever. And you just start reframing it to say a lot of times with those things, it's like their intent is never like, of course, he loves him more. Right. And that's just kind of silly. But again, we're telling that that narrative. And then. Um, and then the the r is like what you know regulating that and 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 really reframing the whole the whole story yeah you know and and i think that's super important um, i wanted to read uh, you know I'm, I'm pulling up up the manuscript right now i want to read uh just just kind of the whole breakdown of this that i think is really um relevant you know for your for your group and i think for for men is that um, we? I think it's underestimated how much how, how uh, we are how emotional we can get, right? Or how we are um, sensitive to certain things, you know. And so, yeah, when when we look at the advanced narrative emotions, 
recognizing what steps we need to take. And then on the G part, this is what I wanted to read is the gain. Like, what do we, what do we want to gain from this, you know, and, and reframe it into a positive way. So with this new positive narrative that you're telling yourself, um, we recognize the thoughts fueling our emotional state. This outcome results from training our, our mind to produce thoughts that drive positive emotions, such as gratitude, love, compassion, um, Barbara Ferguson in her book, um, Positivity, talks about those positive emotions that are really important. Rather than framing past and even present events as negative, which fosters a fixed mindset. So what what do we want to gain from that that experience and really think about, you know, reframing it? And then the last, the E is energy. You know, the taint, you know, I, I used in, in the term this this Mustang mind. Um, is a is a is a term I've kind of coined to, to explain the entrepreneur's mind. I think a lot of men can relate, women can relate with this too. We get distracted or whatever, but that Mustang mind um, is wild, and we 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 bring in negative thoughts about our past or even what's presently happening. We tell this narrative to ourselves that that is that is ninety nine percent not true. But we just keep going down this path. Well, we just have to reframe it. I think the big part of recognizing and, and being self-aware of when it's happening is really important. I don't know. I don't know if that's helpful for you, but but uh, the Mustang mind, I and mean, you think about a wild Mustang, right? It's uh, yeah. To me, it's so much like an entrepreneur. I actually did some research on uh, how they train wild Mustangs, and I'm like, man, this is so familiar with how we have to train our own minds as entrepreneurs. So anyway. That's powerful. Uh, thank you for sharing that. I, I know our, our kind of focus, our conversation more in the entrepreneur leadership lane. And, uh, and but those are still mindsets that we as leaders and entrepreneurs deal with. It's, it's just kind of interesting. And um, I wanted to ask you one last kind of question. And um, I know you before we hopped on, we started recording, we were talking about your book, Entree Thrive. And I think you mentioned that this was a piece in there. But it, it was um, a question I was thinking. You know, a lot of times people think you got science and you got God, right? You got science and you got faith over here, and they seem to be antagonistic towards one another. Now, any thoughts on that um, and, and how they actually go together or are they separate or what? I mean, what is this, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we we could go into a lot of theological type, like, um, you know, there's either one or the other, but I think there's so much science that supports you know, the, the existence of God and on the science of well-being, this I do know is that those who have a, a faith or a belief in a higher power, whether it's spiritual or religious driven, they, those who have a higher belief, and there's actually been even studies with entrepreneurs that if they have that, their meaning and purpose is deeper, their well-being is elevated. And they um, they thrive more overall. Not everyone, obviously, but but that faith in 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 God is really a, a tangible, even more successful in business. You know, in that sense, because when we're personally flourishing, typically that translates over into our business. We're showing up in our business, and so meaning and purpose is often directly tied to 
faith in a higher power and in God. And there's been studies and research on that. Now, when it comes to the science of, of, of all that, I, you know, I, I'm not the expert necessarily that in that field, you know, when it comes to, you know, the big bang theory versus, you know, I just, I just personally, as I looked at my life and my journey is that I've seen God, I have seen things that I can't explain right in my journey that I can only account to having God in my life. And that's, um, that's all of that, you know, actually all I need. I have questions like everybody else. Yeah. But, you know, we all do. We don't have all the answers. Um, but I do believe that as we lean into our faith and we just, and that's what faith is. Like we have to, we go, we go forward with the unseen. Like we just, just do. And it will help us trust others. I, I believe it all kind of flows down that way as well is that our ability to give that trust to others. We have faith in humanity. I know there's a lot of evil in the world as we, if you watch the news, I try to stay out of that as much as possible, but um, we, you know, um, there's a lot of questions like, why is this happening? Of course. But sometimes we need to be okay with not knowing the answer today. And I've had to kind of learn that. I don't know if that helps, but I don't get too caught up in the science, um, although I believe there's so much science out there that supports the existence of, of a higher power. I mean, looking out my window, I'm like, how does science explain that? Yeah. You know, that's too complex for science. So. <laughs> well, Aaron, man, you, you've added a ton, a ton of value. I love your content. And, and I know that there are probably people who are listening, they want to know more about your Entree Thrive uh, community. They want to know, hey, how do I get the book? And and if somebody wanted to find out more information about that, get involved or connect with you, like what's the best way for them to get in touch with you, Aaron? Yeah. So yeah, we're building a community. Um, if you go to EntreeThrive.com, you can, you can pre-order the book. The booklet will be available January 22nd, 2024. Um, the uh, Kindle version is, is available today, and I believe by the time, that, you know, the, the hardcover, you know, and so forth will, will be available. But also for your listeners, we provided a, a Entre Clarity Guide. It's the first law in my book about uh, your guiding truths that we talked about earlier and how to put those those together. And then a principle I, I call breakaways. And they can download that by going to the website, entrethrive.com forward slash. And I believe the URL, I'm putting it in the show notes. Um, make sure Megan get that gets that to you. But I believe it's entrethrive.com, the Corey Lee show or the Corey Lee. Um, we'll get the exact URL. I can't remember if there was a thought in the Corey Lee, but we'll make sure that you get the, 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 right, uh, the right URL um, for that. But then they can download the... Um, that wonderful tool i got a lot of positive feedback on but yeah order the book i think that'll that's one way to really understand the eight laws a lot better so that's awesome Aaron. and, and yes we'll, we'll definitely have the specific link in the show notes you can just click that below it'll take you you can take that assessment you can find out more about Aaron. get his book uh i know it'll add value to you and Aaron again just thank you for coming on man and uh love like i said your content love the impact and the influence that you have 
And uh, just thank you for sharing your wisdom with me and our listeners today. Thank you for coming on, Aaron. Yeah, thank you. Uh, honor to be be with you. Thank you. Absolutely. And and y'all, uh, make sure you go check out Aaron. Uh, thank you for taking a listen. I know it added value to you. Make sure you like, you subscribe, uh, stay up to date with any of the latest episodes of the Corey Lee Show. And if you can uh, give us a rate and review, that kind of helps us in the rankings there and those kind of fun things. Um, and feel free to share this episode that I know would add value to other people and uh, help us get this message of hope and positivity out. Right, Aaron? So. Thank you. Absolutely. Y'all have a great day and God bless.